Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, and welcome to the Mistome Museum of Mystery, Morbidity, and Mortality. This audio tour guide will be your constant companion in your journey through the unknown and surreal. As you approach our exhibits, the audio tour guide will provide you with information and insights into their nature and history. Do not attempt to interact or communicate with the exhibits. Do not attempt to interact or communicate with the audio tour guide. If you believe that the audio tour guide may be deviating from the intended tour program, please deposit your audio device in the nearest incinerator. While the staff here at the Mistome Museum of Mystery, Morbidity and Mortality do their absolute best to ensure the safety of all visitors. Accidents can happen. The museum is not liable for any injury, death, or schoolgirl-like giggling that may occur during your visit. Enjoy your tour, and good luck. Retrieval Expedition Report Alternatural Shelter 111 Glassway Traversal Compiled by the audio tour guide accompanying the retrieval agent, formerly codenamed Rescue. Whereas most Glassway expeditions are authorised due to the reports made by those who visited the other side during lockdown, Glassway 111 was selected for the opposite reason. There were no reports about it whatsoever. As there was nobody from Shelter 111 around to make them. When the lockdown lifted, it took some time for museum staff to realise that there had been no sign of the people, mostly museum patrons, who had entered Shelter 111 at the beginning of lockdown. When staff went to check the shelter, they found it empty. A retrieval team was sent through the glassway to search for the missing people and rescue them if need be. They also failed to return. Drones sent through the glassway showed no sign of danger. Rather, the place on the other side appeared to be peaceful and verdant. Blue skies and fields of purple flowers with what appeared to be a settlement in the distance. And yet nobody who went through the glassway came back. Serious consideration was given to whether or not it was worth the risk of sending more people through. Resources were stretched quite thin and the remaining heads of department were still assessing the scope of the museum's problems. However, a small detachment was eventually authorised, due to a suggestion made by me. Send a volunteer through, with a copy of the audio tour guide. Even if the worst should happen to the volunteer, the audio tour guide they carried would be able to give live reports of exactly what occurred. If nothing else, at least we'd get some closure. A volunteer was found in a retrieval agent who was given the codename Rescue, who had no family or 
major ties to anyone outside the museum, and was therefore more willing to take such a risky assignment than most. He was briefed on the situation with 111, as well as the situation with me and my new abilities, and with an audio device and earpiece added to his standard retrieval equipment, he traversed the glassway, from which nobody had ever returned. The other side was just as the drone footage had shown, a beautiful flourishing field of wild purple flowers, a soft breeze carrying a gentle floral scent, so Rescue told me, and the sound of birds chirping in a nearby copse. Fluttering flags could be seen poking over the nearest hill, marking the location of the settlement that had been sighted by the drone, our first destination on this side of the glassway and hopefully the place that the missing people would be found alive and well. But Rescue wasn't moving. He stood in place only a few steps from the glassway, which had manifested in a pool of crystal clear water perfectly still despite the breeze, marvelling at the world around him. He mumbled something to himself, too softly for me to hear, a faint smile curling the edges of his mouth. It wasn't quite trance-like, it was more meditative, as if he was suddenly finding a peace deeper than he had ever felt before. I almost felt guilty interrupting him, but we were there for a purpose. He apologised for what it's worth, and swiftly set off for the settlement. But while I may not be the best at understanding human emotions, I am quite observant. In only a handful of seconds, his whole demeanour had changed. His shoulders relaxed. With the benefit of hindsight, Rescue may have been a poor choice for this assignment. His lack of ties to the world outside the museum made him seem an apt choice for what at the outset appeared to be a dangerous mission, one from which a volunteer might not return, but, well, I'm getting ahead of myself. We crested the hill, unsure of what we expected to see. We were hopeful that we might meet some locals who could give us some indication of what had happened to the previous visitors. We certainly weren't expecting to find them right over the first hill, none the worse for wear, but there they were, peacefully going about their business in a bustling little settlement, among a crowd of other unfamiliar people, though they didn't look like any people we'd seen before. They were of all shapes and sizes, all colours and coats. Some had the same number of limbs as rescue, that is to say four, while others had more, or fewer. Some looked much the same as humans, only with orange skin and hair that glittered like fire. Others we would not have even assumed were sapient, were it not for the fact that they were shaggy dog-like things and plants that walked on their roots. All of them mingled together, talking and laughing and living as one people, and that people included the ones who were missing from the museum. As we drew closer, a member of Team Forest, codenamed Birch, saw us coming and let out a cry of joy. Soon we were ourselves surrounded by the delighted crowd, almost overwhelmed with the chorus of welcomes and cheers. The world became a blur as we were ushered into the settlement the residents introducing themselves, showing us around, offering rescue an assortment of food and drink, some familiar, some not. It was like rescue, and I, by extension, 
was a distinguished guest, a stranger in need, and a cherished friend all at once. It was... wonderful. But while Rescue chatted with the people and seemed to genuinely have a good time, I felt somehow... uncomfortable. It was all so lovely, so wholesome. Surely there was a catch here, somewhere. Some horrible secret underneath it all. And besides, we were there to do a job, to retrieve the missing people, and here they all were, healthy, happy, and accounted for. We'd found them. It was time to go home. I politely tried to get Rescue's attention, but he was distracted by some music that was being played by a nearby villager. Uh, Literally, she seemed to have a flute made of bone for a nose. I waited for the song to end, and just barely managed to get his attention before another villager could reach him with a platter of food. He seemed a little irritated at the interruption, but his sense of duty overrode his sense of frustration, and he quickly got to work rounding up the people he had come here, allegedly, to rescue. But it was soon apparent that most had no interest in being rounded up let alone in returning to the museum and their previous lives. They weren't upset or angry at the suggestion. Nobody in that place was ever upset or angry. But they simply couldn't see why they would ever leave. Not even the museum patrons with families whom they hadn't seen in months could understand why they should go home. This was their home now. We didn't say it, but by this point we were of course concerned that they might have been under the influence of some alternatural compulsion. This was definitely a lovely place. I imagine it was even more wonderful for people with a different range of senses and a broader context than I have. But these people had been stuck here for months. Wouldn't they at least want to pay a visit home? Eventually, Rescue was able to convince most of the museum staff, including all of Team Forest, to come back with us for testing. Perhaps it was because they hadn't been there for as long as those who had gone there during the lockdown, or perhaps their sense of duty to the museum was stronger than the patrons' ties to their previous lives. Whatever the reason, I was certainly quite relieved that we were able to accomplish our objective, at least in part. I imagined that once we had gotten some of them home, we could figure out what was going on and find a way to get the rest of them to come to their senses. It was less than encouraging that each of the agents who agreed to return with us insisted, calmly but firmly, that they would be making their way back through Glassway 111 when the testing was done. I was now, privately, quite concerned that there was something wrong with the place on the other side. It was certainly nice, but this was clearly not rational behaviour. Rescue brought Team Forest and the rest through the glassway, and they were quickly taken away to a specifically designated section in the research department. Part infirmary and part... laboratory. It perfectly matched the dual purposes of understanding what had happened to these people, and curing them of it. The researchers ran a full gamut of tests on the returned staff as they answered question after question about every aspect of their time on the other side of Glassway 111. The test subjects put up with all of this in good spirits, stating that they were happy to help. The tests lasted some time, but through it all they never complained. 
they simply smiled, a far-off look in their eyes as they waited for their chance to return to the place on the other side. They didn't complain even as the tests dragged on, far longer than expected, and even as they repeated tests they had already accomplished. Because the fact of the matter is that none of the tests proved anything. Well, that's not entirely accurate. In the strictest sense of the word, as far as one can prove a negative, the tests proved quite conclusively that there was absolutely nothing whatsoever wrong with the people who had traversed Glassway 111. Physically, mentally, alternaturally, nothing. They may have actually been in better health than they had when they'd left the museum, but that didn't make sense, so the testing continued. It was difficult to accept that, at some point we just had to let them go. They wanted to leave, and we couldn't prove that they were incapable of making rational decisions. They had effectively proven the opposite, in fact. We couldn't hold them against their will based on a hunch that something was wrong. Of course, elsewhere in the museum that was already happening to the security department, though I had no idea about that at the time. There was a sense that we were sending them to their doom, which is obviously ludicrous because they were returning to a place that is apparently the most wonderful place known to humanity. Nobody could resist it. Except for me. Research did wonder why I alone was able to resist the allure of that place, on the one hand, maybe it was another piece of evidence that there was something wrong. The only person unaffected was artificial, so that must mean... something. Or maybe it didn't. We still don't know. Maybe there's nothing wrong with that place. Maybe it really is just that... impossibly wonderful. And the problem is us for being so certain that that's impossible. Why can't we believe that something as perfect and beautiful as what those people saw could ever exist? Are we just cynical? What does that say about us? That we hear about a place that's so... heavenly... that nobody wants to leave... and we treat it as if it's a sickness? That we have... sealed off Alternatural Shelter 111... so that nobody can ever go there? Nobody can experience that bliss just in case it's a trick. Have we ruined humanity's chance at something better out of a pointless fear? Rescue went with them when they left. Why wouldn't he? I promised him and the rest that the cameras in Shelter 111 would be left online, that I would be monitoring them in case anyone ever came back. Rescue seemed appreciative, but confused. Like, he appreciated the gesture, even if he didn't understand the motivation behind it. I hope we'll see them all again. I wonder if that makes me a bad person. I'm worried I've editorialised a bit here. Uh, it turns out it's quite difficult to remain detached when you're discussing events you yourself were privy to. However... I feel I am still relatively objective on the subject, as I personally didn't impact events too much. It was my first retrieval mission, and I think it went... okay. They've even let me go on a number since. I'm actually on several right now, so I guess I did my job well. 
Okay, I'm definitely rambling now. I hope I don't have to redo this. Conclusions Mission to locate missing shelter occupants and retrieval team Successful Alter naturality Unknown Presence of sapient life Confirmed, unclear if native Presence of hostile entities Unknown Alter natural shelter sealed To be placed under perpetual monitoring End of report Hanging from the wall before you is an axe, with a solid iron head and a long wooden shaft, both well-worn from age and use, you can almost feel the history of this exhibit, the blood it has spilled, and the lives it has ended. The Mistome Museum typically tries to avoid including exhibits based around weapons, both for safety reasons and just because they feel like a bit of an odd thing to put on display. Not to mention the dangers having weapons lying around in the vicinity of some of our exhibits could pose. However, this axe is not a weapon. It is a tool, if a rather grim one. This is a headsman's axe, designed and built specifically for the task of carrying out executions some centuries ago. It was used by a long line of headsmen, serving a long line of kings and queens, ending the lives of hundreds, perhaps thousands of people. Some were criminals, some traitors, and some simply unfortunate in the time into which they had been born. The head and shaft are original, and as such, the stains of its victim's blood can still be found within both, though it is in no condition to ever be used again. It is usually around this point that this description would segue into a summary of the terrible power this axe contains as a result of the lives it has taken, or of a specific incident during its history, such as the death of a particularly noteworthy individual. However, this exhibit is a little different to most, because aside from its gory history, there is nothing special about this axe whatsoever. Not all of the exhibits within the Misto Museum are outright alternatural in nature. Some are more ambiguous or are tied into a common myth, or are just outright strange enough that on an indescribable level, they belong here. Morbidity and mortality is in our name, after all, so it would not be unreasonable for the staff to consider this axe worthy of display simply for its historical value. But that isn't quite it. Because, surely, there has to be more to this axe. It has existed for centuries, spilled the blood of countless, been the source of untold misery. How, after all that, could it possibly remain a thing of wood and metal? Shouldn't it be something more? The axe was brought to the museum simply because the research department heard that it had been located, and assumed that, with all its history, it must have become alternatural along the way. How could it not? How could it do all that it has done, and remain mundane? What does it say about the world we live in, that something like this could exist? and still be utterly mundane. 
There is another exhibit, uh, superficially similar to this one, based around a guillotine that came to life and carried out executions of its own volition after a single taste of blood. What exactly makes these two things different? The axe is on display not just as an exhibit, but as a reminder to patron and staff member alike that we do not truly understand the world we live in, that it is both a stranger and more ordinary place than we can ever know, and that, perhaps, it is the latter that is more disquieting. Guide, are you ready for our meeting? Uh, yes, ma'am. I'm not sure where the head of retrieval is. He should be here by now. Well, let's make an informal start. I don't imagine there's going to be too much to go over. No, ma'am, I'm afraid not. None of the retrieval teams I'm seconded with are any closer to finding the curator, or the man, than they were last meeting. Team Gambit has been sheltering in place from a blizzard for three days now. Agent King says that if it gets worse, we may have to turn back. Team Raptor is continuing to follow the curator's trail with the help of a local source, although it's unclear how old the trail might be or how far it's leading us. Is this source trustworthy? I think so. I'm no expert on reading people, but if it wanted to eat us, it could have done so some time ago. Hmm. Encouraging. Go on. Team Skywhale are preparing to redeploy. They'll be heading through Glassway 510 next. Team Felidae are almost ready to move out from their base camp. They've gotten quite good at walking upside down. Team Horus... I need a medical bay prepped and ready ASAP. We have an injured person heading their way. Oh, uh, yes, sir. I'll let them know right away. What's going on? Who's hurt? That officer you and the guide were so interested in. Astrid? Oh, no. What's happened to her? Is she okay? She got jumped by her cellmates. Beat the crap out of her. Has anything like this happened before? No, nothing. None of the security team have... Well, they've never gotten physical with each other since they were put back here. Seems like they thought she was talking to us too much or something. Oh, God. That's speculation. This is not the time for that. Just get her to the med bay. Yeah. Yeah, we're on our way through the hidden wing now. I really hope he's wrong about this. I'd hate it if Astrid got hurt because of us. There's no point in getting worked up about it until we know what's actually happened, Guide. It's touching that you care about her, but for now, what matters is getting her help. We'll see what she has to say, and if needs be, we can separate her from the rest of the security department. Okay. Okay, sure, that's true. Is the medbay ready for her? Yes. I've let them know she's on her way. They'll be all set <gasps> for... <coughs> what? what the hell is going on? Stay down. Do not follow me. Hello? God damn, she's... Oh, what the hell? What's happened? She attacked us. I think she kicked me in the goddamn head. Jesus. She hasn't opened her eyes, has she? How the hell should I know? I haven't opened mine. Hold on. Oh, Jesus. What the hell? What's happened now? Is she okay? Astrid! Astrid! She's gone. She's... The gurney's empty. She's not here. I'm... Astrid! If she's got her headphones on, she won't be able to hear you, and if she's taken them off, she's got worse things to worry about. Well, what the hell do you want me to do, then? Head for the entrance of the negative perception zone. Guide, tell the agents guarding the entrance to watch out for Astrid. It's the only way out, so if she doesn't head that way, she hasn't escaped at all. Escaped? Oh, my. Guide! 
Tell the agents. I've told them. They're told. Sir, how far away were you from the entrance when she got away? I don't know. Uh, two turns, not far. Okay. She should reach the entrance any second now. She shouldn't be able to see, though. How can she see in the hidden wing? We can add it to the list. Has she reached the entrance yet? Uh, no. She should have by now. I'm pretty sure she was sprinting. Are you okay? Your agents? Now you ask. I'm fine. Probably a concussion. The others, too. Shaw's blindfold came off, but she had her eyes closed, so no biggie. Good. Guide, has she... What if she's not heading for the exit? Oh, no. Crap. You're not saying... She doesn't even know about the wish engine. How could she... She shouldn't be able to see in the hidden wing, either. Engage lockdown protocol. Now! Guide, do you have any cameras in there? The, the head of research has, quote, repurposed, unquote, all of my cameras and pointed them at the wish engine itself for her research. I can't see the rest of the room. Microphones? Speakers? Damn it. I think I lost count of my steps when she kicked me in the face. Guide, can you help me out? Uh, yes. You're right in front of the elevator shaft. I'm... Um, what? Ho- Holy... Okay, heading down. Guide! Microphones and speakers in the wish engine's chamber. This would be a lot easier if you do this on separate calls. There's still no speakers. She disabled all of them. Microphones also... Wait. There's one. I think she's been using them for her experiments too, but she only half dismantled one. It doesn't have power right now. I think it's a little broken. Turn Turn it on! on! Okay, turning it on. I wish that I'd always been able to navigate the hidden... Is that Astrid or the head of research? I can't tell. I don't know. Sorry, I... Your wish is granted. Well, I recognise that. I'm almost there. Guide, are you sure you can't say anything? Ask her to stop. Tell her. There aren't any speakers. I I can't. Your wish is granted. It stopped. What does that mean? Okay, I've reached the wish engine's room. I'm going to breach now. Hey! Hey, are you okay? What's happened? Where is she? What is it? What's happened? What did she wish for? Is the head of research okay? She's fine. Looks like Astrid just knocked her to the floor. She's a she's a tough old bird, though. She's already getting her dictaphone back out. And what about Astrid? What, what has she done? I have n- no visual on Astrid. She's not here. Where did she go? Oh, shit. What? What is it? Is the head of research okay? She vanished. Made two wishes and vanished. Vanished? Where did, where did she go? Home. She wished to go home. Okay, guide, we need to dispatch a team to Astrid's home address. It should be in the personnel files. No, I... No, I don't think that's right, sir. What do you mean? What are you talking about, guide? I'm getting calls from your agents back at the security department's cells, sir. They're gone. They're all just... Gone. Who's gone? Security. They all just vanished. All of them. What the hell just happened? If you enjoy the Misto Museum of Mystery, Morbidity and Mortality, please consider supporting the show via Patreon at patreon.com slash domgilfoyle. You'll be helping to make sure the show keeps going, not just by supporting me, but also by giving money to go towards equipment, software, and hiring actors. Patrons of all tiers get access to an ad-free feed and access to new episodes a week ahead of the main feed, and you'll also get access to some bonus content.
Everyone who subscribes at $10 or higher will get to have their name read out at the end of the next episode that gets released. Thanks for listening, and as always, stay safe out there. The Misto Museum of Mystery, Morbidity and Mortality is written, produced and performed by Dom Gilfoyle with the help of That's Not Canon Productions. This series was produced on Aboriginal land and we recognise the strength, resilience and enduring legacy of the Yagara and Turbal people of this land. If you'd like more Mistome, please subscribe and like the Facebook page where more content is occasionally posted and where you can get in touch with us. The following is an advertisement that helps support the show's continued existence. If you'd like to support it more directly, visit thatsnotcanon.com for more information. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.